Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and we're so glad that you're here. We use our mojo to really become greater leaders. Now, let's get started by listening to something good. You know what makes me feel good? It's when people obviously love what they do and they're enjoying what they're doing. Once again, my favorite airline, Southwest Airlines, continues to prove flight after flight that their people truly love what they do. It is so rare to ever have an unpleasant Southwest Airlines employee. If your company is not using Southwest, uh, I think you're making a mistake. You're, you're depriving your company of revenue because you're spending too much. And secondly, you're depriving yourself because of the great staff. So congratulations, Southwest Airlines. Hello and welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and I'm thrilled to introduce my special guest, Mr. Court Dial. Now, Court uh, is the author of a really fun book and one you just have to look at. It's uh, called Heretics to Heroes, a memoir on modern leadership. Now, in addition to being an author, uh, Court is the president of Court Dial Consulting and he successfully guides business coaches and executives from both large corporations and small into really creating a new breed of leader. Uh, he guides them through a frank self-evaluation, personal change, and really talks about performance. And um, uh, his book was ranked number one by Globe and Mail's 2016. It's their number one business book. And Court, I just want to welcome you to Manager Mojo. Thanks, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, excited to hear more uh, about you and your book. But before we dive into the interview, why don't you share with our listeners what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work? Well, actually, I just took nine months off. I had worked in engagement with the large oil company where I was basically gone uh, everything but weekends for about five years straight. So I took nine months off and getting acquainted with my family and my son who's working becoming a professional golfer. So I've been spending most of my time working on my golf swing. Well, what an awesome thing to do. I, I spent a little time working on mine this weekend and uh, it didn't work. So I've got to get busy again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you ought, to, you ought to be my age, 60 years old and play with a 25 foot uh, aspiring pro. Uh, th these 25-year-olds today hit the ball out of sight, don't they? Uh, yes. <laughs> so uh, I totally get it, uh, and uh, I'm right there with you, my friend. I, I just don't even try to hit it that far. So, <laughs> Court, uh, that's awesome. Glad to hear that you're taking that time. And uh, I'd like to start by just talking a little bit about uh, your book, Heretics to Heroes. 
Uh, I, I found it to be very fascinating. I highly recommend it to our audience uh, to get a copy and read it. Uh, you use really dynamic stories and you use storytelling to share your thoughts on it. But I imagine that most people are thinking, what does it mean to be a heretic in uh, leadership and management? So I'd like to start there. And if you would, just tell us your thoughts behind that. Well, when I use the word heretic, I'm talking about the individuals in your organization, which I say are time travelers. They're able to go to the future and spend some time there solve problems that you can't solve today, see opportunities that can't be seen by anyone else today. And what makes them is unique is they're able to come back and articulate those to other people. In most cases, unfortunately, in most organizations, they're either ignored or as a young gentleman who I coached uh, just in that old company I was talking about, he came to me and his business unit had some serious issues. And he said, you know, I know how to solve our problems, but my boss has told me to shut up and no longer bring up my solutions ever again. What do I do? <laughs> well, there's a heretic. That's a Absolutely. typical heretic. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, and I think that most people can relate to the fact that they've probably uh, tried uh, unsuccessfully to make a change. And uh, it, it's really cool. I love the way that you use the storytelling to actually guide him through the process. Uh, but th this whole concept of uh, heretic and, and, and really trying to learn uh, how to lead others, you make a statement uh, that the only leader that we got to change is ourselves. So it, tell us a little bit about that and how you came to that conclusion. Yes, yeah, so when I make that statement, I'm speaking to the head of a team or the head of a business unit or a CEO. The, the only person, their leader, needs a change in the organization to see its uh, dramatic improvement in performance is that leader. And I think very few of us recognize the, we all know that, you know, we're the boss and, and everyone pays attention to us, but we don't really link our, what we say, do, how we hold ourselves, who we're being from moment to moment, the effect that has on actual bottom line performance. And so uh, I've worked, and if you read in my book, I work with a number of leaders who, who because of the way they chose to change, how they operated and how they went about leading, uh, led a profound uh, improvement in performance. And, and one of the things most leaders also don't get is that I don't have to do all the heavy lifting when there's a profound change that needs to change. You know, we need to transform or turn this organization around. I don't need to do the heavy lifting. If I lead in the appropriate way, my people will do the heavy lifting for me, my, what I call my followers. So true. And uh, yet uh, I, I know that you didn't really just come to this uh, conclusion by accident. Why don't you share a little bit of your story with our listeners that how you really kind of evolved uh, to learn these things in leadership? Well, there was a number of things in the book, but one moment in my early in my career, I was asked to present to about 600 executives in my company. And I proposed three, what I thought were to me, obvious observations of things we needed to change. Uh, and when I got all done, a gentleman stood up in the back of the room and yelled out, he's a witch, burn him. And everyone <laughs> laughed and, and applauded. And um, fortunately, the gentleman who was hosting the thing walked up on the stage and said, Court, I don't agree with a single thing you've said here. Would you like to join my team? And he became 
what I would call the first uh, mentor from the sense of mentoring me as a heretic and seeing the, what I brought to the game and taught me so much, and you read about it in the book, all the things he taught me about playing this role of a heretic. It's amazing, isn't it, when uh, you're really honest uh, about what you think and how you share it with others, the genuineness of your beliefs comes through, doesn't it? Yes, and and it's amazing to me that the things that I stood and said that today would be commonplace. People would say, of course, you don't hurt people in the pursuit of business results. Of course, you can't harm the planet. But when I first said it, those were radical ideas. And uh, yet uh, they are commonly held today, are they not? Yes, and that's what I mean by the ability to go to the, the future. They genuinely can see things. You know, another another way of looking at this is their paradigm, which are sometimes called paradigm pioneers. What makes the heretics, uh, what's frustrating for heretics in most organizations is they tend to be on the outside. They're not the typically the, the top performers, the ones that are really, you know, knocking it out of the park with the way we do it today. They're the ones who tend to be these pests who come and ask questions we don't want to ask, answer. They ask, come up with ideas we don't want to consider. And often they ultimately leave the organization. The organization loses their talent. So one of the things I, I, uh, I've posted a lot about how to recognize and, and make use of these heretics you have in your organization. Yeah, I think it's quite fascinating. Now, there was a, an example in your book, a story that really uh, I, I loved, and I just want to share a little bit of it so you can talk about it. Uh, and that was that uh, you asked this, uh, this individual uh, about uh, taking credit. Uh, and he said he, he deferred everything to his team, but you called him on that, did you not? And, and uh, tell us a little bit about that exchange and what your thoughts were behind it. Well, uh, the most effective leaders are very aware of themselves, of the strengths they have, the weaknesses they have, and, and, and they recognize the role and the impact I have on performance. And he was, uh, at the end of this, we'd made a huge turnaround, helped him make a huge turnaround, saved his business unit, saved hundreds of millions of dollars. And he was basically saying, I, well, I didn't have much to do with this, all my people. And I basically said, Bull, this, this began and ended with you and your shift in leadership. And I wanted him to recognize that for the future, that I have the capability as a leader to cause something like this to happen. And all that changed, and I don't mention the book, but we went back and interviewed a representative sample of that man's organization, asked him this question, if there's one thing that you can point to that led to this turnaround, what would it be? And it was almost unanimous. It was the change in, in our leader, change in his behavior. The, all the things he did for himself, we saw change in himself is what, what drove this change. Beautiful. Court, I know that uh, you and I uh, sh share this belief, but I I'd like for you to share your thoughts on it. One of the things that uh, unfortunately a lot of business schools uh, teach and uh, people that really what I call totally unaware of what they're doing in business, uh, they, they try to focus uh, more on strategy than they do uh, the power of working with people. 
can you tell us your thoughts on that and, and really why would you say that's an error? Well, it's interesting you bring that, that up because the uh, CEO of Chevron just retired and in his last post on LinkedIn, he stated if he could go back, the one thing he would have done differently is learn all about people and recognize the value relationships and the, the effect it has on a leader and, and his or her ability to create performance. So I encourage people to look up that post uh, that he put out on LinkedIn. His name is John Watson. Um, I, I just am convinced that that uh, that the leader has a singular role, unique role. I'm convinced that only anyone can lead. I'll buy that. But I also say, but there's only one leader on a team, in an organization, in a corporation. And that leader has a single purpose, and that is to articulate a future that is so compelling that everyone else in the organization says, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make that happen. And if you think back to all the great leaders through history, that's what they've done. You know, we don't remember Dr. King because he stood up and said, I have a strategic plan to answer your question. <laughs> no, we do not. That's, I don't you remember don't, that at all. <laughs> we typically don't follow people with plans. Now, once we've bought in and we've been, we're enrolled and committed and all that, and someone says, hey, I have a plan, yeah, we're all on board with that. But the first step and the, the key role, and I say the singular role of the leader in the organization, is to articulate that vision, articulate that future, make it so compelling and be so effective at articulating it that everyone else gets in line. I talk about capturing the hearts and minds of your people and inspiring them to give their full attention and maximum effort to that vision or that that mission. That's the role of the leader in the organization. And it's a full-time job. It is a full-time job. And uh, you actually uh, talk about leaders that need to be all in. And uh, you even uh, conduct uh, leadership summits where you teach people about all-in leadership. So uh, tell us in your view, what does it mean for a leader to be all-in? Well, the, the way I describe it, I say they have six characteristics, they have six realizations, and they have six abilities. And not everyone walks into to this thing called leadership possessing all of those. There's a few key ones that you have to have to get started. One of them is you have to be very clear on who I am and for what it is I stand for in the world. Leaders are very clear on that. So if that's missing in the person I'm coaching, that's one of the first things we, we work on. And, and slowly but surely, uh, they acquire these skills. The other thing virtually every emerging leader has is they have some type of guide or what is often called a coach in business, but someone who mentors and supports them and develops them as they go, uh, 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 go through this, this adventure they're going to take on. And that's the third thing that must be there. There must be some, some big game that this leader is stepping into and having to play. And often when I'm coaching someone, it's because they've reached a point in their career or a situation in their career. The gentleman I mentioned earlier, his, he was a head of drilling in the Gulf of Mexico. Well, the horizon event, that, that massive explosion on the transocean rig changed his world. And he didn't know how to face up to that and how to get his organization to face up to that. So there's, there's some big adventure challenge 
that the leader is facing that the guide helps him or her go through all the tests and challenges and emerge victorious. And, and it's, a, it's a beautiful story and, uh, and compelling reading, I think, for all of us. Uh, I, I, I've, I've come to, uh, my personal opinion is that I don't, I don't really think you can lead others unless you really know yourself very well. Uh, I, I think you have to know what you stand for. And I like the way you say that because uh, too often today, uh, people are trying to do what I call a paint by the numbers type of thing. And uh, nobody really gets behind that kind of leader, do they? No. no uh, as I said, no. It's, it's, the, it's the role is to be the person that everyone says, I want to follow her. Right. I want, what, I want to go where she's going. I want to realize this, this vision. I want to climb the mountain. She's inviting me to climb. That's the six characteristics very quickly here. They're aware, they're purposeful, they're passionate, they're adventurous, they're intentional, and they're courageous. Those are not by-the-numbers type of things. Those are very things that you can't really measure, you can't really see, but we all experience when we're in the presence of someone who has all or some of those characteristics. Yeah, and those absolutely. are the type of people we, we want to follow. Absolutely, uh, and uh, the uh, and it's funny that you're you're talking about it, uh, the one we want to follow, because in my own book, that's why we have this Manager Mojo podcast, and they're 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 constantly seeing the tag "Be the leader others want to follow." Uh, that was the byline in my book, so I, I totally get that myself, but. Uh, you know, I see people making mistakes that I made early in my career all the time, and I'm curious, what's the most common mistake that you see business leaders make today? Uh, attempting to direct people and control their behavior. That seems to be the standard model today. Uh, and it's been around most of my career. Yeah. Uh, the old management management by objectives approach. And in reality, you inspire people and do a lot of things we talked about. But I, I have a model which I call the four fields of performance. And two of the fields are systems of behavior. And that's where too many managers spend too much, too many leaders spend too much of their time in those two fields. Not that those aren't important, but the other two fields will always trump the first two, and they require you get performance in those much easier with much less effort uh, and much less investment. It just requires you to lead in a way that causes people, and those other two fields are the self field and the social field. There you're working on, as a leader, what's going on inside of people, mm -hmm. their feelings and their beliefs, and then you're working on in the social field What's going on amongst people? But in this control often, kind of world, uh, in this control kind of world that we live in, though, uh, too many uh, leaders. When you start talking about feelings of people, it's like, oh no, not again! Not a, we, we're going to actually talk about we got to care about how they feel. And the answer is yes, you do. <laughs> well, <laughs> seeing that feelings drive every action that human beings take and emotions. Yeah, it's probably important to, to care about those and think about those and work on those if you want to affect performance. Yeah, if you, you want know, to put them to sleep, we, we go tend the to other think way. We're, <laughs> yeah, we, we tend to think we are logical thinking beings. 
and logic drives everything we do. But all you got to do is watch us drive on the freeway, and you'll realize that isn't the case. <laughs> Amen <Yeah>. to that. <laughs> if you don't believe it, drive behind me a day or two. You figure it out. Uh, <laughs> wow, man, at times. The, I, <laughs> I get it. One uh, of the best mentors I ever had, I was a young supervisor in a chemical plant. She sat me down and she said, Court, this job is all about affecting the feelings of people out there. You don't have to know all the chemistry. You don't know how to know all the pressures and temperatures. You need to learn how to affect the people's feelings out there. And I'd never thought of that. I'd never, you know, she said an important question to ask yourself every morning is why should my people follow me? Great question. And what is it that I, what is it that I give them? And uh, as you read in my book, I was extremely fortunate through my career to have some very, very talented and, and uh, generous uh, mentors. Well, uh, not only were you fortunate, I want to uh, congratulate you for sharing what you learned with the world because ultimately, uh, it, it, I'm sure there are a lot of people uh, like me that uh, that kind of were clueless. And we didn't, I, back when I came up, I didn't really have the quality of mentors that you did. So uh, I learned primarily by uh, slamming my head into a brick wall and saying, ooh, that hurt. I don't really need to do that again. <laughs> uh, and uh, once I got tired of being bloodied up, I got, I think my brain developed. I'm not sure. It may still be developing, but uh, it, it works out okay. Uh, Court, uh, I, I know people are going to want to know more about your work, and uh, why don't you share with our listeners how they can connect with you? Yes, yeah, very simple. My website is courtdial, that's C-O-R-T-D-I-A-L.com, and as soon as you come to the first page, you can sign up for my blog and, and then explore all over the, the place. And then, of course, my book is available just about everywhere. I strongly encourage people to check out the uh, audio book version. I've gotten a lot of very positive feedbacks on it. And, and I hired an actor out of New York to read the book, and I thought he did an outstanding job bringing all the characters alive. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, uh, Court, uh, I thank you for saying that. And, and for all of you who happen to be exercising right now, uh, you continue to exercise. In the post itself, we'll have a link to Court's website. And uh, we'll also put a link directly to that audio version to make it easy for you to download it uh, and uh, go buy it and put it in your own library. Uh, you'll learn so much just from listening uh, to what uh, Court has written in this book. I, I just think it's one that everybody should have in their library and really pay attention to. So, uh, Court, I, I always talk about uh, actions. Whenever I interview anybody and uh, I talk about uh, we've, we've got this thing, and I, I'm curious if you would, uh, I, I'd like to know what your top two action items that you'd want listeners to walk away from this interview and go do something, what would those top two action items be? Uh, if you get my book, there's a chapter in there about uh, following one's bliss. I would read that chapter and do the exercise. It's one of the most valuable exercises I, I ever offer to people, individuals I'm coaching. The other action I would take is read a book. It's the book I recommend to anyone who says, hey, you got a book to recommend, and it's called An Open Life by a gentleman named Joseph Campbell. 
and an open life. And again, life. it's about an open life. Okay. And it's about discovering and following your, really living a life of intention with purpose. And it's what every human being is seeking. And people I run into constantly. I think you remember a chapter of the young woman from the University of Texas I ran into who was in that situation. And we had a long conversation on a plane. It's, it's a, just a wonderful sh- book, short read, and it will, you know, this is a cliche, but I think it'll change your life. Well, we're all about changing lives because those of us in management and leadership truly are changing lives every, every day. We're either changing them for the good or we're irritating the crap out of them and making it no fun <laughs> for everybody. So yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for that additional book that we'll be looking for. Uh, my guest today uh, is Mr. Court Dial, and uh, Court uh, is the author uh, of Heretics to Heroes. And I, I really encourage all of you, go get his book. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to love the stories. And it will help change your life. So, Court, uh, thank you so much for being on our show today. And we wish you continued success in everything that you do. Well, you're welcome. And success to you too, Steve. Thank you.